A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Welcome to the Runner's World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking about harassment on the run with Cat Roberts, finding the positives in the new lockdown and the benefits of lighter footwear. Ben, how's it going? I am well. Um, half term has been and gone, so I had a, a brief, going to say, holiday. Lovely. Right, because I wasn't at work, so that counts these <laughs> days. And uh, yeah, and so now back back into it and straight back into another lockdown. So there you go. Yay well, for be- life. <laughs> well, at least you had a, at least you had a kind of sort of quasi holiday. That's nice, isn't it? You're kind of going yeah, into I lockdown, think, and like, you know, refreshed. Oh, it's amazing how um, the, the 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 standard of what was you know like oh, a holiday always used to be getting on a plane or going somewhere mm. wherever you know, chasing the sun, doing whatever you wanted to do. Now going for a local walk that is a holiday. <laughs> yeah, and that, it was great. It was really nice. Yeah, so you know. Um, out and about with 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 both the kids and uh the weather was did its best not to ruin everything so yeah no it was nice mate did some running um epping forest near me now is looking resplendent even more so than the last time i said it um because that'll stop soon it will shed all of its leaves yeah sure then it will just be a big sort of doomy gloomy forest with no leaves (laughs) so while it's not i'm gonna enjoy it um but yeah it's it's all been fine mate yeah how are you yeah all good i think yeah in the absence of of traveling to foreign lands i've been reading about foreign lands in uh michael crawley's got a new book called out of thin air which is all about um the ethiopian running culture and uh it's it's amazing i'm hopefully gonna get michael on the podcast later this month but um there are loads of great things in there but one of my favorites is uh michael's a really good runner so he's like run 220 marathon so he's not, he's not hanging feel, around, right? He's no slouch. I kind of feel like if you're going to go to these countries famed for producing the world's greatest distance runners, mm. if you if I went, it would be <laughs> it would be embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, uh, it probably helps, doesn't it? If you if you can if you can motor yourself a bit. But anyway, he's he's like he's run for Scotland basically. He's a really really good runner. Um, but he goes to the Ethiopian uh, cross country championships as a as a foreign uh, entrant and. Um, the uh, the the organizer says, "Oh, Michael, um, I see that you've only run thirty minutes and seven seconds for the ten k. So, with that in mind, I think you may have to take part in the junior championships because you're going to get lapped in the senior race." Oh, <laughs> you see, there's always someone faster. Which is just amazing, gr- isn't it? There's like kind of I think there's about 120 people taking part, and uh, yeah, if, you know, from being a 220 marathon, I think he finished fifth in the in the Scottish Championships cross country. Uh, He's told that he, he ought to take part in the junior race. He doesn't take part in the junior race. I'm not going to do any spoilers. He says, I, I couldn't do that in, in good conscience. And he does take part in the senior race. But um, yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, it's just a real insight into just uh, just how quick um, the Ethiopian runners are. But it's a great read and it's out now. So yeah, definitely worth having a, a read if you haven't already out of thin air. 
Do you know what? We need to come back and do another running book episode, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be nice. We um we did that one previously before. Listeners can go back into the archive and find that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was it's, I think running books, especially now again lockdown. You know, yeah. a bit, bit of light relief in in as you say, like imagining far off places and going running there. There's yeah, a, there's a lot to be said for finding a good book. So, all right, maybe we should. Uh, on a, so that's you know something for us to plan as well. More books. I like that. Well, should we talk about lockdown, Ben? Because um, we know that it was a it was a real like it was a time where a lot of people sort of got into running, started off running. Um, yeah. But we were kind of lucky, weren't we? Because the weather was good in spring, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a silver lining, I guess, in the fact that if 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 you were starting on the running adventure, you were doing it. Um, those first steps were taken in 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 warmer warmer times. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean if you are either coming back to running after a brief flirtation with it at the start of lockdown one, or this is your chance to sort of get into it because we are now going to fully big up winter running in all of its glory. And so we've not got only we've what, six points, haven't we? Six points, six, six reasons s- to fall in love seven, with winter running. Oh, seven. There's oh even God. some pseudo bonus. Oh, fantastic! Well, can, so, I, can I kick can I kick us off then with the uh, non scientific stuff? Yeah, you you just you wax lyrical about all the stuff that you like, and then I'll <laughs> I'll I'll knock them down at the end with some pseudo science. <laughs> well, I did the first one. I think I think the first one is embrace the mud. Um, oh yeah we, we think like you know how much are these um obstacle course races now i think they might be something um like about 150 pounds so, so there's obviously there is this kind of appetite to for kind of muddy rural adventure that exists and yet yeah. at the same time you, you see so many people in, in parks that um just clinging to the the paths and i think actually one way to, to to get into winter running is to really throw yourself into it, sort of literally, and and embrace the the grass and the trails. Um, some some good training reasons for doing so: running on softer, muddier surfaces, easier on your joints. Great way yep. of building strength, and it's loads yep. of fun. Actually, interestingly, it's how a lot of the Ethiopians run. They only do one of their um their runs a week is on what they call asphalt, so concrete, um, and the rest is all softer surfaces. So that's my first one. I think, yeah, embrace the, embrace the off-road, and uh, now is a good time to do so. It's very good. It's very good for all the small stabilising muscles yes. in, the lower, in the lower leg is a bit yes. of off-road because it, it, it builds you a stronger platform for when you go onto the road. You'll notice it because you'll get really sore legs <laughs> the first time <laughs> you do it, and then you'll realise that all the big muscles were working great and all the little ones weren't doing so much, and then... All the little ones will catch up and you'll be flying. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, I'll, I'll do the next one, right? So this is a good one. You become an all-weather runner. Ooh, like a superhero. Right. Basically, yeah, you just get more kudos for everything. So you're putting in the miles, even when it's raining or cold, gives you a greater sense of confidence. Hmm. Um, to know that you're out there when others aren't, Makes you a stronger, better human. But no, but to know that you're out there, to know that you're out there when others aren't, it just gives you that boost of just being like it's yeah, it's way yeah. more of an achievement. It feels good. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right, and it kind of you can you can think of yourself as like, yeah, my my commitment to running is uh, is is significant here. You know, I don't I don't get put off by a little bit of yeah, you know, hail. a little bit of yeah, exactly some <laughs> torrential rain. But that does come with a caveat that it's also fine to sit on the sofa. <laughs> sure, <laughs> because there's time for everything. It, yeah, exactly. Um, this is a third one. So 
This is a phrase I heard a couple of years ago, and I think it's a good one. Worth, what bears repeating. Uh, dress for the second mile. So I think it's yes. tempting to wear loads of layers, more layers than an onion, Ben. You know, oh. when, we, when, we're getting, when we're looking outside and we go, oh, it looks cold out there. You know, I need to be getting my, my hat, my gloves, my scarf, my coat, you know, all that sort of stuff. And actually, like, run, the, one of the great things about running is, that, is how quickly it, it warms you up. I'd say that's probably different, actually, to cycling, although you know much more about the differences between two sports than I do, but I think running is really particularly good for for getting you warm really quickly. Um, so I think yeah, when it comes to layering up, yeah, just you know you're probably going to be okay with if you want to put a hat and gloves on, great. Um, but don't yeah, don't wrap yourself up in too many layers. Otherwise, you're going to have to take them off or carry them on the run, yeah. which is just a nightmare. Well, that's where that's where cycling's easier because you just unzip things and then you just get a nice breeze through. Yeah, um, right, right. And you don't have to carry much. Um, but yeah, but like, so if you, I mean, this is an example would be look at how people who race cross country. Now I know this is a race that's taking yeah. place at the sort of threshold. So people are working super hard and you want to be lightweight. You don't want, you know, but not talking vests and shorts, but you know, a lot of people will don gloves and maybe arm warmers, but be in vests and shorts. And it's kind of like, that's an extreme version of what we're talking about. Like mm. the extremities of the body. Yeah. Gloves and a hat might be the best bet, but if you wear three, a base layer and a t-shirt and a jacket you're going to you're going to get too hot (laughs) fact fact unless you run slowly and then you'll need all the layers but dressing for the second mile is definitely like a good it's a good way of thinking about it yeah yeah um get it in early is another good tip Mm. running early in the morning before the stresses of the day begin is a great way to start a running habit um it's a bit trickier in the winter because it's dark so you might need to invest in a uh in a head torch mm. um but that's just more kit so that's quite nice you know that's just a little treat for yourself um uh, and there's also sort of like you know um starting the starting the day with a bit of exercise is quite good for fat burning sort of um abilities in the body or it's 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 because you're burning off the if you if you run before you eat your breakfast then you're basically earning up burning off a store within the body which is mm. quite nice to do you know you run light i mean I, this is personal experience but i've always quite liked running with that before breakfast because you feel quite light you haven't eaten a lot in the day um you can get out and do it and it kind of gets the metabolism fired up for the rest of the day so i think that getting out early is is a pretty good one yeah agreed mate i think that, and i think the big thing there is that yeah, nothing, nothing can really get in the way, can it? You're, you're up, and if you if you get it in, then actually, you can, then you know, it, it's not like oh, we wanted to run this evening, but then, you know, yeah. I got got called into a meeting at six or whatever. Um, yeah. And then this is one that I think is important, even it, during the times we're living in, which you know aren't the most social. But I think finding a running bug, a running buddy, if you if you have one, a, a sort of similar-minded friend, ideally of a similar pace, but not. Not necessarily at all. Um, hmm. And, you know, you're allowed to exercise with someone from a different household. Um, and I think make the most of that, particularly if you are going to be doing some harder sessions or one harder session in the week. It's, uh, you know, it's actually scientifically been proven that running with others, uh, it, it reduces your, your perceived rate of exertion. So essentially it allows you to kind of try harder and run faster. Um, and everyone knows that just from sort of experience, I think, as well. So if you can find someone in a local area to run with, then I think that is good. And I think it's also good. There's also an, an aspect of that person keeping you honest, particularly in the winter months where it's easy to like sack off a, a, a run. If you know that someone's going to be there waiting for you, or someone's coming round. No, I, I agree, mate. And I think even during 
that especially during these times, if you can find someone that, you know, obviously sticking to all the rules and everything, but to find someone for a little bit of human companionship on a run at the moment is, uh, is a real, is a real plus. So I think that that, you know, finding a, a running buddy is a, is a great thing. Um, shall I, shall I deliver the final pseudoscience blow? Oh, please. Yes, please. Okay. Okay. So the actual benefits of running in the cold weather make you a better athlete. What? So, right. And there's legit science. So our very own Kerry McCarthy set out to investigate the benefits of running in cold weather uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was. And he, he stumbled across some, you know, he stumbled across some proper boffins and, uh, I'll put a link in the in the show notes so you can go and read all this on the site because it is a it's a great read. But the big takeaway was you feel stronger and more confident when you run in cold weather. And that is backed up by actual science. They basically put some people through like different universities. So Twickenham, uh, St. Mary's University in Twickenham, uh, University of Roehampton and a few other sort of institutes of knowledge. Um, uh, spoke to Kerry and he sort of amassed all these sorts of different tests that people have been put through. Um, people did like three 40 minute efforts with the varying temperature ranges. And it basically equated to the the sort of general temperatures of a British winter being ideal running condition weather in terms of temperature and stuff like that, in terms of your performance and how it made you feel versus your effort and your perceived effort. That is an incredible, that's an incredible bit of science, Ben. You've, we've, we've 100% saved the best for last there. I've never heard that. That's great. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, as I say, I'll put a link in the in the in the in the show notes so everyone can have a have a read. But it's um, it's just called "Why You Should Run in Cold Weather," and it's uh, yeah, it's from a couple of years ago. But it, it Kerry has written a, a fairly comprehensive little study on that. So yeah, nice. everyone well, should have, have have a read. Well, to to continue the pseudoscience, um, I have a little piece about um the importance of lighter footwear. So last week we had Kate Carter came on the show and she was kind of making the case for for the kind of shorter to sharper distances. She used to be very much all about the marathon. Now she's concentrating on 5K and 10K. And I think maybe in a very unpredictable year like this, you can yeah. still get in these kind of 5K, 10K races or time trials easier than you can, you know, putting all your hopes on a marathon that, that might be cancelled or whatever. So I think there's lots of yeah. reasons to do it. But um, this study showed that uh, if you want to decrease your 5K time without, you know, training harder, you can, uh, there's an easy way of doing it and, and you can run in a lighter shoe. So decreasing the weight of your shoe by 100 grams lowers your 5K time approximately by 1%. So that's according to a study from the University of Colorado, Boulder. It's a running place and it has a running mecca. They um, love it there. They Big love fans. it there. They, they've got to know. Well, the average got- training shoe weighs about 300, let's say 340 grams, right? Somewhere okay, between yeah. that, 320, 340, that kind of, that kind of range. It's yeah. possible to buy racing flats, obviously, that are like less than half um that weight so on the basis of the study the potential savings on time are are big you know if you if you were switching to a say 142 gram shoes like proper racing flat territory um, and you were like a 20 minute 5k runner and you change your shoes to to this racing flat you would actually save 24 seconds there you go and obviously the 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 longer it takes you to run 5k the, the potentially the bigger the savings so a 30 minute 5k runner could save 36 seconds and a 40 minute 5k runner could save 48 seconds almost a minute just by changing up uh into lighter shoes there's obviously like this this is true to a point so like yeah it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that say you would just throw off your shoes entirely 
then you're yeah, going to yeah, need there's it. Yeah, some, there's some biomechanical, uh, uh, you know, um, considerations and all those sorts of things. Like, a, a lot, like for myself, if I was wearing a light, because I'm a bigger guy, if I was wearing a light pair of racing flats, yeah, the, the 5K is probably the amount of time before, probably a 10K too, but... There's definitely a, a, a where the, the benefits of a lighter shoe become detrimental to your performance, as in you're just pounding yourself so hard because there's yeah, no shoe like, on if, your foot. Yeah, there's no shoe really on your hurting. Foot. Yeah, exactly. So um, oh, that's really interesting, though. So we're talking about um, being harassed while out running, which is actually a subject we talked about with I think with Kate Carter about it might have been up yeah. about a year and a half ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, I think as a bloke running you're just less likely to come in for some of the um forms of harassment that that female runners are unfortunate enough to to have to deal with so mm. do you know what i mean i kind of think like, i'm not sure i'm not sure that you and i plot a run i've never I've, 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 worrying I've, about I've, harassment. Been, I've been i've been shouted at once uh yeah when out running in my whole running career shall we say yeah um, and that was an anomaly and was dealt with in the easiest way possible of just telling them to kindly move along uh but with different words and do you know i mean even in the even having the ability and the confidence to tell someone to you know to go away is is, is something that not not everyone has the the you know privilege of being in a position where they can say something for fear of retribution and for sure and those sorts sure. of things um no, it's it's a super concerning. Like it's a very concerning aspect of running. Even our, uh, our our Jane, our who's been on the podcast, who works at Run as well, Jane McGuire, she only the other day experienced uh, similar things of being, you know, catcalled from a van that went past, yeah. and and uh, she, you know, she she recalled the company of the van and told them what had happened, and the driver made up an excuse about it, traffic being the reason why and the road was empty do you know what i mean it was that mm. it was by a school and the road was empty and there was no reason for him to be honking but he honked and you know and, and said things and it's incredibly intimidating and it's threatening and it's you know it is harassment mm. and sometimes that's sexual and it's it's just out i mean it's you know it's it shouldn't be part of the running experience for anyone this is the runner's world podcast so our guest this week is Kat Roberts. Kat has been investigating the problem of harassment on the run and has been conducting a series of interviews with runners who've been assaulted, abused or intimidated while running. We're going to discuss the current problem and look at what more can be done to make all runners feel safer on our streets and our paths. So Kat, welcome to the Runs World podcast. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you very much for coming on. Um, let's start then by what motivated you to, to look into the issue of harassment on the run? Okay, well, as a runner, um, it's no new information that when you're heading out and about you as a woman expect to get heckled a little bit anyway mm. um but i noticed a really big rise during lockdown right um in getting catcalled and by catcalled i mean wolf whistling heckling and generally lewd comments and this started to frustrate me quite a bit because you know i'm quite a confident woman um i'm quite outspoken but you know, a lot of people are getting into running during lockdown and during the pandemic. Back in the day when we could only go out, you know, one hour a day or whatever, that was quality time to be outside. So it sort of felt like my freedom and other people's freedom was being encroached on um, 
because I'm confident, but what if people who are just starting up running aren't so confident in that aspect? You know, if they're worried about their bodies or just, you know, worried of being in danger in general, then that might really dissuade some people from running. So that's how I got into speaking about it, really. I started talking to a few women that I knew and they were like, yeah, I've got similar experiences, but what can you do about it, really? And that frustrated me. You know, we shouldn't have to put up with this, especially if you're scared on the run or, you know, even if it's just annoying, you just don't want to have to put up with that inconvenience. Through talking with um, these female runners, did, were you surprised actually by how big a problem is, how prevalent this is? Um, I'd like to say I was surprised, but I think I was expecting the answers I got. I was surprised by how much I recognised the same stories. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we are all told when we're growing up as young girls to not wear quote-unquote provocative clothing. We don't want to provoke a response from people. And we're sort of told that it's our responsibility to keep ourselves safe rather than Mm. the responsibility of people who are harassing us to not harass us. Um, So, no, I wasn't surprised uh, by the prevalence of it. I was surprised by how much it seemed to affect the running community in general. Mm. And I don't know if that's to do with how we're putting ourselves out. Not that this should make a difference, but by moving our bodies and putting ourselves out there, some people deem that an invitation to comment on us. Um, And I learned that apparently during the pandemic, in the depths of lockdown, uh, Plan UK stated that one in five girls were experiencing harassment. So... Oh. You know, that's that's 20% of us. That's a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's a huge percentage, yeah. Um, and the nature of this harassment, um, do you get a sense that it's, it's mainly verbal harassment, the kind of catcalling, or is it, does it take, is there actually also kind of physical harassment going on on the run, do you think? Yeah, I myself have experienced physical harassment, uh, whether it just be um, a cyclist once uh, cycled by and grabbed my bum, Uh, or just general touching your shoulders to get your attention. Stuff that doesn't seem violent outwardly, Mm. but really kind of perpetuates the idea that women's bodies, especially female runners' bodies, are there to be used. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I would say my experience and the women I speak to generally is verbal. However, we have to ask ourselves if we're allowing verbal abuse and verbal harassment, how much is that going to become a gateway into other abuses? You know, maybe physical abuses, more violent abuses. Yeah. We've, we talked a bit um, recently about the, uh, the importance of people being sort of actively anti-racist. So not, so not being passive in, in the face of someone being racist, actually calling people out on, on that stuff. Do you think actually, with this issue, there's there's a need for people to be actively, I guess, actively anti-harassment. Yeah, and not if you were to see it, it's actually not enough to to not be a, a perpetrator of it yourself. You actually have to be someone who doesn't stand for it and calls it out if you see it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Be an ally. I read. I can't remember who the quote is by, but I read something online the other day. You know, one in ten. This is not an, an, a legit statistic, but. 
for example, one in 10 men might be the perpetrator. However, if the other nine aren't doing anything about it, you're, you're condoning that behavior. So absolutely, if you see someone who's possibly being followed by a car or a bicycle on a run, speak out or just let the victim know that you're aware of their presence and you're aware of the issue somehow, whether that be eye contact or a friendly wave, just the running community is so friendly anyway. You know, I feel like everyone would if they could, but until you don't know it's an issue, do you know to interrupt this and and to stick up for people who are experiencing harassment? I'm not sure. So yeah, this is part of my aim is to just educate people to the fact that this is still going on and until you know that it's happening, you're not going to act out. You're not going to speak up for victims of it. So hopefully talking on things such as this, you know, will we'll broaden the, the knowledge of this harassment and more people can be aware of it and speak out when they see it. Through your research, Kat, do you think that um, it would be fair to say that not all victims of this are female, but, mo- but almost all perpetrators are men? Yeah, that seems to be the case. I have spoken to a few men who have experienced harassment on the run and they agree that actually when they're experiencing harassment, it isn't so sexualized or based necessarily on their aesthetics. It's lewd comments, but it's usually kind of banter from other lads Um so generally, yeah, I'd say majority women who are experiencing this and majority men who are the perpetrators, unfortunately. But it goes back to the whole locker room mentality that we've heard so much about, you know, recently, mm. especially from Donald Trump campaign and all of that. Um, it's expected in society that lad culture is normal and lad culture is OK, which is where I think it comes from. So, so actually, to solve this, it's... It's it's obviously something that's that's broader than running, isn't it? We we need to we need to change how society views the female body, like you were saying, and actually it, it's got deeper roots than than a, a kind of running only uh, problem. Is that would that be fair to say? Oh, hundred percent fair, absolutely. I speak about it as a runner because I'm so passionate about it, and you know, runners like once we get started talking about running, we're not going to stop. <laughs> so it's a good way to kind of tie those things into and um, kind of join my passions together. However, it, of course, it's deeper than running. It's, it's something like I was saying, you experience from a young age, you are taught how to not be the victim rather than people not being taught how not to be the perpetrator. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's wrong, isn't it? That's that's the wrong focus, isn't it? Um, do you think that people, uh, and probably mostly female runners, are are having to modify their behaviour because they're scared about um, either receive, being on the you know receiving end of uh, verbal or, or physical abuse? I.e., they might not run down a certain path, or they might not run at a certain time of the day. The majority of women that I've spoken to about this, and sorry, I'm being so binary, but uh, women and female presenting people I've spoken to about this say, yeah, they completely adjust their behavior. In the summer, they might not wear clothes that they feel comfortable in. Um, I certainly notice more comments and more beeps from people in cars when I'm wearing shorts and a vest top. Um, And now it's getting darker. I find that we're speaking a lot more about how we're keeping ourselves on the run in the dark weather. And 
I don't necessarily believe that's just due to kind of traffic safety. I think it's how are we keeping ourselves safe from other people on the run? So I know I most runners I know, female runners, let someone know where they're going or they'll have their kind of Strava beacon app or their Garmin safety features on. on because, I mean, we, we shouldn't have to do it, but we have these features because it does make us feel more comfortable going out. And God forbid the worst happens, they might help. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So what advice, Kat, would you have to someone who who has been harassed on the run or maybe even just in general life to, to have to have to perhaps have the confidence to to speak up about it um well number one i would say absolutely be vocal about your experiences if you feel comfortable about it i don't want to discourage new runners starting out from going outside because they think this is going to happen to them Um, because the likelihood is that if you're starting out running, you are going to be a little bit more wary about these things. Um, So be vocal about it. The more we talk about it, the less stigma there will be and the more comfortable we'll feel in this community. Uh, If we know that there are people around us to support us, we're going to put ourselves out there more and and other people will come forward because of that. Um, document your experiences with harassment so apps like safe in the city for example or even just talking about it online you know let people know this is happening Um, you can report this to the police misogyny isn't a hate crime yet people are working on that but you can report this and the more of a map that we build up the more the authorities will recognize this is a problem Um, and but the main thing is just don't do anything that doesn't make you feel safe. I know I've, I'm kind of an ambassador for speaking up and being vocal and getting angry about it, but your safety is the most important thing. And if you don't feel comfortable confronting a harasser, absolutely don't. Be safe first things first. And there are other people who will do that work. There are other people who will call people out when is safe and when is necessary. Um, And I would just say be an ally as well. If you're a man or a woman who doesn't experience harassment, call out your male colleagues or colleagues in general, family members, friends who are maybe using uh, derogatory language when it comes to women. Or if you see harassment in the street, 
with a friend, call it out. You know, people, because it's so normalized, might not recognize this as inappropriate behavior. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know you've got um, a series of interviews uh, with people over on your website. So where, where could people go to find out um, more about what you're doing and, and, and perhaps just any other resources that you, that you found interesting and useful? Of course. Well, uh, the interviews are on catthorunner.com. I'm also very active on Instagram and Twitter under catthorunner. I would say people who are far more eloquent and educated on the subject than I am are the wonderful activists at Our Streets Now, um, who are two women who are fighting against public sexual harassment and gender-based discrimination. Uh, also, Hollaback, UK uh, Plan International is also a wonderful source. Just read up and educate yourself if you can. Speak out to people and be open to listening to people's experiences. Because just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean that you know it isn't happening to. Definitely, Kat. Thanks so much for for coming on the podcast and, and speaking about this. Um, it's going to be something that we're going to look at in the magazine in 2021, and we hope that you'll come and um, and get involved and help us with that as well. But for now, thanks very very much for, for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This is the Runner's World podcast. So have you been affected by harassment while out running? We, we like to hear from you. Let us know at podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runner's World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Kat Roberts, and to you, of course, for listening. There is still time to get our special subscriber Runner's World magazine offer. For three issues for only £5, so please visit hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get this exclusive listener offer. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all of your favourite podcast apps. Please subscribe, you know it makes sense. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.